uh, one girl that we did a blog about recently, Johanna, who uh, has used the Good Registry for her ninth, her tenth, her eleventh, and her twelfth birthday. Wow! The first three years were for um, environmental charities, and uh, this year she did it for the Auckland City Mission. living in Manhattan and working at the New York Post and uh, that was an experience of a lifetime. Absolutely incredible to be in New York and to see it uh, through the eyes of a journalist to be at the front line of riots and, um, and breaking news stories. Purposely Podcast, speaking with social entrepreneurs and charity founders and leaders, people who are making the world a better place. Here's your host, Mark Longbottom. A really warm welcome to episode 57 with social entrepreneur Christine Langdon. Christine and her co-founders launched The Good Registry in 2017, a platform where people give charity donations as gifts. Well, welcome to Purposely Podcast. Kia ora, Mark. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, really good to connect. And I thought we'd start with the Good Registry. Uh, so you're a co-founder of that. What does it do? What's its vision and mission? The Good Registry is a gift platform where people give charity donation gifts. Uh, so the whole idea is that we all love to um, recognize, acknowledge, thank people, show them that we care for them with some kind of gift. Um, and in the past, that's always been stuff, um, stuff that we buy from shops, and it hasn't always been stuff that people necessarily want or need or ever use. So the Good Registry is about saying, hey, you can still recognize people, you can do it without the stuff, you can give the person that you care about the chance to donate to causes that they care about. So it's a really meaningful gift, and there is no waste, and the money is helping good causes instead of... Um, potentially going on to things which take resources away from future generations. Co-founder, and was it your inspiration? How did it come about? It was my inspiration. My previous role had been at Z Energy, and I was the community manager there. And I left Z Energy uh, just on four years ago now, and I did not have a... Um, an exact plan when I left. I just knew that I wanted to create something that would have a positive social impact and I wanted to create some space for myself to think about uh, what that could look like. Uh, and the idea for the Good Registry actually came super quickly and then um, it uh, was uh, birthed super quickly as well because when I just finished work I one of the things I was doing was doing a bit of decluttering in the house and coming across the things that have been stashed in a drawer and stashed under the stairs and thinking that I, I couldn't throw things away that I'd been given um, and I just kind of wished that I hadn't been given them at all so I didn't have to store them and I didn't have to make a decision about whether to keep them or give them away or throw them away and then I had another birthday and uh, received a few more things that I didn't want or need and I'd really specifically been looking for ways that I could give to good causes and enable others to give to good causes as well that didn't have to um, cost us anything it didn't have to mean digging into our pockets um, and 
the insight that I had was this is money that we are already spending that we could use for good instead. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea. So quitting your job, not to specifically for this, but that's what you launched. And often these sort of great ideas don't become a reality, but why do you think the impetus came to actually launch it and get it started and, and it's enduring you know, four years on? Uh, people. Uh, I, when I had the idea for the Good Registry, I uh, went for a walk the next day with a good friend, Sue McCabe, and I told her about the idea and she loved it and said that she'd be keen to support it in any way. So I was like, oh, hey, I, I could have a co-founder here. Uh, and then uh, the next day after that, I was catching up with another very good friend for lunch, and that was Tracy Bridges. And uh, she also had brilliant insights uh, to bring to the idea. And I uh, asked her whether she would be interested in taking a role in it as well. And she was up for it. So we had three people who were keen to do it. And um, between us, uh, the encouragement and support for each other and the idea just kept driving it forward. So it wasn't uh, just an idea that might get parked. Um, it was funny, I bumped into someone recently who, who said, oh, I had an idea for something exactly like that 14 years ago. And I do think the only difference, um, uh, you know, I think we all have great ideas and it just, it takes, um, it takes someone just to go, I'm, I'm gonna do something with this idea um, and, that, and that was what, with the support of Tracy and Sue, we were able we were able to do. And we got onto it really quickly. We didn't mess around. We thought, well, if this is something that's worth doing, it's worth doing for Christmas. And it was August at the time. And we managed to get the whole thing set up and going by November so that it was ready to use for the coming Christmas. I um, had I just received my end of year bonus and I just made a conscious decision at the time that I was leaving Z um, that I could live off my savings if I lived frugally for a year. All of the stuff that I would normally buy and all of the kind of overseas holidays and things like that that I might normally do, if I didn't do that stuff, then it wasn't going to cost much to, to live without income. So it was a conscious de uh, decision that I'd made that I, I'd rather do something that excited me uh, like this than spend the money on other things. And it's been a real success. And was it, were there pain points along the way? Is there anything that was really frustrating in particular? Oh, heaps of pain points, Mark. Um, you know, it, 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 and, ev and every pain point has, has, felt worth it. Uh, I would not give a day of having done the good registry back for anything. Um, and like, like you mentioned at the start, it was 70 hour weeks and uh, it was worth it to, to um, create something that we were passionate about creating. Um, we, in, in the speed that we were working, we didn't do uh, a lot of the steps that you would do in setting something up if you were giving yourself longer um, and that of course meant that what we launched with was not quite right for um, how people wanted to be able to use the good registry um, so we had to evolve our website to respond to that 
uh, of course, we could have built the exact thing that people wanted um, instead of building something that was a little bit different to what people wanted if we'd had time to do that research. Um, and there were costs and stresses involved in trying to work out how to adapt. And at the same time, I do think if something's worth doing, it's worth doing now. Um, and that's probably a little bit of my approach to, to life is just get things done and then um, maybe sometimes figure out how to fix it rather than procrastinating to get things perfect. Yeah, I think that's a good way of um, approaching life. And uh, so we're four years on, is that right? A little bit longer than that? And uh, yeah, we launched um, about three and a half years ago. So we had mm -hmm. the idea for the Good Registry in August of 2017. And we were uh, up as a website with our um, 50 charity partners at the time um, in November 2017. And really it's a good source of income for charities because that, you know, charities are under pressure, uh, in-person fundraising, especially during COVID, often not happening, um, but just other sustainable sources of income. And I think that's been a real, um, a really great thing about this registry. Um, and you're really good at, uh, you know, marketing and PR, Rick, and you've, you've been really good at getting the brand out there. Um, it's something you are skilled in, work hard in. Um, I always see your smiling face, dropping checks off, thanking people. You're really good at, um, you know, crucial thing about raising money off people or getting people to give is is making sure there's recognition involved. But um, is that something you've learned over time? Works. Yeah, it's definitely been practice. It's not something that I would have said that I was good at when we launched the Good Registry. Uh, when we launched, I thought that the kind of social media that we needed was to say, "Hey, here's this thing called the Good Registry. Come and give with us." Uh, and uh, that didn't work very well because we weren't giving people reasons why and we weren't showing them uh, the joy that we were creating and how other people were using the good registry and how um, how their values motivated them to do that. So we've become uh, much better at telling stories uh, to engage with people rather than just saying, hi, we're here, please come and use us. Mm. And changing tack for a bit, just looking back at your past career, so you grew up in Tauranga, is that right? In, in yeah, the North Island of, of New Zealand? in Tauranga. And then uh -huh. I uh, came to Wellington uh, as a 17-year-old to do uh, journalism training and then worked in provincial papers around New Zealand and um, some media work overseas as well and transitioned from that into doing communications work and um pretty pretty speedily in my communications work uh, was moving towards doing stuff that had a social impact uh, I, I I feel like I I get so much I, I, I'm more driven to work when I can see the social impact of the of the mahi that I'm doing so you're a reformed and trained journalist would that be a good way of describing you well kind of but you know like like most journalists, I went into journalism because I wanted to tell um, stories that had that made a difference as well. Um, and I, I do think I'm a very different person now to what I was as a journalist. I was um, I was uh, much more cynical, uh, maybe selfish, um, a less community minded person. Um, but that was maybe just. Um, my age as well. I think that um, as I've as I've matured, uh, I've seen that I get so much more joy and satisfaction from doing things that help others, and uh, and and that 
I could spend the same time and money on um, on spoiling myself with all kinds of things, but actually the joy comes from uh, seeing seeing a difference that I've made for someone else. And something jumped out of the page at me when I did my due diligence on you, which is um, New York Post. Tell me about that. You were a reporter for them for a short time. Yeah, that was an opportunity that I had when I was at the Dominion Post. Uh, they had a secondment arrangement with the New York uh, Post or the whole News Corp had a secondment arrangement and I was given the opportunity to, to do that for four months, uh, living in Manhattan and working at the New York Post. And uh, that was an experience of a lifetime. Absolutely incredible to be in New York and to see it uh, through the eyes of a journalist to be at the front line of riots and um, and breaking news stories, uh, having experiences like getting dropped off in a limousine into a riot because a taxi wouldn't take me in, um, uh, being pushed down some stairs by a um, by a, a, a high profile star's mother because we were adamant that we wanted to talk to her and she was adamant that that she didn't. Um, really really memorable experiences i uh i trained as a teacher and initially when i trained as a teacher i started teaching in uh, aruhata women's prison and also teaching some community yoga classes and uh the reason for that was I was really clear when I was doing my yoga teacher training. Initially, I, I did the training as a personal uh, growth opportunity rather than because I wanted to be a teacher. And uh, at the end of the course, the, um, the teachers were going, well, okay, now what are you gonna do in terms of going and teaching? And I thought, I don't, I don't wanna do it as a career and I, and I don't wanna charge for it. What I want to do is I want to give it away and I want to give it away where it can have the most impact um, and, and benefit people who really, really need it. And I thought about women in prison and the, um, the, the, the violence and the addiction and, um, and all of the, the challenges that so many of them have faced and uh, thought about what a gift yoga would be for them. So uh, taught in Aruhata for, I think it was, um, I don't know, maybe six or seven years. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. And that was part of what uh, led me to resign from my corporate work and, and decide that I wanted to start something um, that was all about giving back. Um, just the sense of joy that I got every week from volunteering mm. at Arahata. But then um, when I went through that phase of doing 70-hour weeks uh, and setting up the Good Registry, something had to give. And uh, as much as I loved doing the yoga teaching, I, I had to um, except that that was taking half a day a week and that was half a day a week that I just didn't have and that my volunteer commitment was 70 hours a week for the good registry at that time instead of the, the yoga teaching and that there were other fabulous um, humans who could go and do the yoga teaching at the prison and uh, the good registry needed me at that stage. When you first launched that was the response really good Straight, straight off the bat, or was it initially scepticism around yoga in prison? Um, it was very, very mixed. Uh, when I first uh, was teaching in the prison, uh, the women were all forced um, to come to the classes. Um, 
and I would always uh, acknowledge that they hadn't had a choice in being there, but they had a choice now that they were in the room. They could participate to the degree that they wanted to or not uh, to respect them in, in that, because I, I don't think that people should be forced to do yoga. Um, I'm not sure that um, people should be forced to do much. Um, <laughs> uh, but one of the challenges, and, and, and there, were people, there were women in the room who were just, who wanted it and needed it so much. And then there were also um, women in the room who, who were being disruptive. Um, and, and that was often very distracting for the whole room. Um, so, mm. that, so that was a challenge. We managed to, uh, to, to change it so that uh, it was just the women who, who wanted to come who were coming. Um, and one of the greatest rewards for me in, in doing that was seeing uh, the joy that the women got when they were able to do a full sun salutation without me um, talking them through it every step of the way, or they were able to hold a tree pose for 30 seconds without falling over. Um, and, and also to be able to acknowledge a woman for having done well in a class and see her glow and her, and her chest really rise and appreciating that for many of these women, they may not have had any acknowledgement um, that they had done something well for, for a long time. Yeah. And so supporting women to be the best they can be is, seems to be a thread in your life. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, um, one of the reasons that I was drawn to teaching in prison was actually more about um, about the rights of prisoners and and not seeing anyone as a bad person. Um, so when I was at the New York Post, I one of the stories that I did was um, at Sing Sing Prison, and I went in and I had the opportunity to go into a, a very um, high security unit that had uh, murderers, manslaughter, um, you know, serious crime, um, people who, who had done serious crimes in it. Um, and they were teaching guide dogs for the blind. And I have always carried with me how beautiful some of those men were. They were, they were, they were just beautiful human beings with big hearts like like any anyone has um and they had just um made bad decisions um off the back of having had bad life experience and bad role models and, and not knowing um how to restrain themselves and their anger in the same way as as we might have been grown up in different sorts of homes so um so i i, I think it, it was the the teaching yoga in prison was more about I wanted to do it for prisoners and then I and then I thought well I think the most vulnerable um prisoners are, are women um I'm not yeah. sure if that's a right or wrong assumption I think I probably also just felt a little bit more comfortable teaching women than men yeah yeah great work and in terms of um your hope for the good registry and your vision for it. So just be, and before we get into that, actually, does it sustain itself? Does it throw off enough money to uh, you know, fund your lifestyle? Um, uh, how, not at it, all. I thought <laughs> no. you might say that. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and I'm I'm comfortable with that. Uh, so when we when we set it up, we set it up as a social enterprise, um, so a business that's driven by purpose, not profit. And uh, in an ideal world, a purpose-driven business should be able to make enough money to sustain itself too, and um, not have to apologise for that. And uh, you know, any money that um, the good registry might make, you know, would recognise the really positive impact that it's having around all of the people that it is um, uh, giving the opportunity to experience the joy of giving to, all of the money that it's raising for charities and then all of the waste that it's reducing. So if and when um, the Good Registry does start to make a profit, we definitely won't um, be making any apologies for that. Um, and we would be reinvesting um, at least 50% of the profits back in um, for social impact. Um, but at this stage, the Good Registry operates on um, goodwill. Uh, I work pro bono for the Good Registry about two days a week, uh, and I do communications consulting to uh, cover my bills. And um, that, you know, that period of time that I went with no income has really helped me to see that I don't need to earn as much money as I um, thought that I needed to earn when I was on that corporate ladder. And I'm I'm really comfortable with with earning less. Uh, and splitting my time between something, um, a project that I'm really passionate about that exists in the world because Tracy, Sue and I um, had the courage to, to start it and then um, doing, doing other paying work. And I also make sure that that other paying work is aligned with my values too. So mm. at the moment I'm doing some um, communications consulting around social worker pay equity and around um, climate change. Wonderful. And do you, you know, in the future, um, it sounds like it, it'll go from strength to strength and, uh, you know, you'll get, you'll involve others. Um, any personal goals that you, um, you know, the work that you outlined around the environment, um, obviously a, a key focus, but any personal goals that you really want to, um, and, and how have you fared during COVID? We fared, um, we fared just fine during COVID because the Good Registry is an online platform. So just to explain how it works really briefly, people can buy a good gift card and give that to a friend or family member and the friend or family member can then redeem that to donate to any of our 65 partner charities. Um, that's all done online. The gift card is bought online. It's an electronic gift card. It's emailed to someone. They redeem it on the website. So um, one of the things that we saw during COVID was some of the businesses that might normally give their um, staff a morning tea to celebrate a milestone or a physical gift started using the Good Registry gift cards because they could send them to people electronically during lockdown. Um, and then the other side of the Good Registry is that we have registries. Um, so people are familiar with the idea of a wedding registry. Um, the Good Registry, you can create a registry for any special event. You know, we, we see them used a lot for children's birthday parties and for the adult zero birthdays, the 40th, the 50th, um, and also for weddings. And with the registries, people can uh, just choose one of our charity partners and they create a, a, a registry page and uh, their friends and family go on and they donate to that chosen charity and they leave their comments and people can see how much has been collectively raised. And um, during lockdown, we saw quite a few people doing lockdown birthday parties and nobody can come to the party and nobody <laughs> can bring them physical gifts. Uh, so that was a great way for people to experience the good registry as well, saying, yeah. for my lockdown birthday party, can you please give to this charity? 
So yeah. uh, if anything, um, we probably saw a, a little lift in, um, in giving through COVID. And then we're really seeing at this, at this current point in time, uh, the consciousness around uh, there's so much unmet need in our community that, that um, we could all be contributing to. And uh, there's so much overconsumption uh, in our society that we can all take a role in being responsible for um, our own consumption and consuming less. And we see reports kind of coming out uh, at, around climate change which are just saying um, how serious our situation with climate change is and we we can all take small actions um, to to reduce our consumption um, small actions big actions the, you know all of us in our homes and our lives um, can take some actions to be to be part of shifting our society in the direction that it needs to go in to be sustainable and the good registry has a really important part in that because we're saying to people great celebrate each other do that um, and do it mindfully and do it sustainably and if the person that you're giving to is someone who would love an opportunity to support a good cause then um, give to them through the good registry uh, and then there's no waste um, yeah. and charities get to benefit too then everyone is happy um, and we also um, we also say if you're going to give people a thing, then give them something that's ethical and sustainable. But, you know, think first about whether a thing is really necessary and, and whether a charity donation gift would make the person just as happy or even happier. And yeah. we very much hope that um, the way that we're communicating about um, the way that we're consuming and the need to um, be really thoughtful about the way that we're consuming, that that translates beyond gifts as well. And I think the next, for my observation, the next generation are really hot on this. And so the Good Registry or this type of initiative really plays to their thoughts on, on life anyway. And, and life's not about things. It's about, you know, supporting people, helping people. Um, you know, it, it, I can see it only going from strength to strength. Um, yeah, thank we do you. have little kids who um, have used the Good Registry for birthday parties and, and talked about, um, you know, like, really young kids talking about their role as kaitiaki that they're doing a charity registry instead of having gifts um, because they know that you know it's important that they look after the planet we've got uh, one girl that we did a blog about recently Johanna who uh, has used the good registry for her ninth her tenth her 11th and her 12th birthday. Wow. The first three years were for um, environmental charities. And uh, this year she did it for the Auckland City Mission. And, and that was because of the unmet need that she had seen uh, through COVID and wanted to uh, support the mission to help people in need instead of getting stuff that she did not need. Yeah, and I bet those are really good day, days in the office, right? When you pick up on yeah. stories like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Really, really. You know, that these are the things that inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, we talked about uh, the fact that I'm not paid for it, but I don't need to be paid for it when I um, when I see things that make me as happy as that. And, um, yeah, the times where it's like, oh, this is actually really hard work, but um, the reward is all in um, those, those stories. And businesses as well so many businesses that are 
are becoming much more conscious about the gifting that they do, all of the corporate gifts and conference gifts and staff gifts and client gifts and uh, gifts for people who take part in research and you know all the stuff that they're giving away, often stuff that uh, people, people don't need. And it's so cool to see so many businesses who are starting to use the good registry to give people our gift cards so that they can support charities instead of giving them things that will eventually just go to landfill. Wonderful. And a massive thank you for joining me on Purposely and really appreciate you taking the time and um, all the best with the good registry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Purposely Podcast. I hope you like what you're hearing. Please subscribe and leave a review. Thank you.